Hello, and welcome back to the Essay Pioneering Podcast. In this episode, we hear from Dr. Naam Afundisi Holloway, who shared a talk titled Listening Authentically, Going Beyond Serving to Understand at the Salvation Army's Emerge Pioneer Gathering in May 2021. Naam is an action researcher at the territorial headquarters of the Salvation Army in London. Prior to that, she worked as a qualified secondary school teacher of religious education, philosophy, and as a theology lecturer at Vision College in Birmingham, UK. She completed her master's and PhD in theology, focusing on Pentecostal and charismatic Christianity at the University of Birmingham. Nara is an expert at Pentecostal and charismatic Christianity in Zambia, and has written journal articles and book chapters on its history and matters relating to HIV, AIDS and politics. She is the author of the book entitled Pentecostal and Charismatic Christianity and Civic Engagement in Zambia, published by Palgrave Macmillan in 2018. Nara is a wife and a mother and a native Zambian who lives in the United Kingdom. As always, there are some great questions raised in this talk and we'd love to hear your thoughts. If you'd like to carry on the conversation, please join our Essay Pioneering discussion group on Facebook. To find it, just search Essay Pioneering Podcast on Facebook and it should be there. So now let's hear from Na on listening authentically. So my subject today is authentic listening, going beyond serving to understanding. So growing up in church, I was taught to always listen and pay attention to the preacher or whoever was in leadership. This is because they were God's chosen mouthpiece. With time, I learned that God can speak through anyone, regardless of their status in church, community, or society. According to uh, Browning and Rema Barrett, God can be heard just as often on street corners or in city markets. For some who see the sacred and the secular in binary opposition, finding God on the streets can be a surprise. But then again, the prophetic has often been profane to those who attempt to monopolize the sacred. So integral mission is defined as mission which combines the gospel of Jesus Christ, as well as serving others by meeting their needs, be it physical, psychological, emotional, social, or spiritual. Engaging in missions in the margins also involves listening to voices of those who are displaced, despised, abused, disabled, unwell, poor, or destitute. The list goes on. Our approach when encountering communities with a gospel and solving problems therein should be one of self-emptying, imitating Jesus Christ by deeply caring for the non-Christian, the downtrodden, and the marginalized. The Bible shows us countless times how God spoke through those that were marginalized and outcast in order to get our attention. According to Coppas, the outsiders in the gospel had a wisdom of their own to share. Therefore, we as co-laborers with God in his mission 
listening in order to understand what is being communicated to us by the voices of the marginalized people we serve is vital. This is without assuming um, that we who are able to serve have all the answers to the issues presented by those we serve. When voices of those in the margins are heard, they challenge those in positions of power to redefine truth. This is why Jesus both allowed the marginalized to speak their truth, and he also experienced that truth by being marginalized himself through incarnation. So uh, several reports have highlighted uh, the disparities in the risk and outcomes of COVID-19. One of those being how COVID-19 disproportionately affects those from ethnic minority and marginalized communities. The Salvation Army Research and Development Unit carried out a, a major piece of research in 2020 in order to get a sense of how the Salvation Army in the UK and Ireland were reimagining mission as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. One of the findings from this research emphasized the need to be present in local communities and listening authentically to those in, in need in order to serve them well. In this session, I will look at the concept of authentic listening from a biblical standpoint in order to answer questions around what the character of God teaches us about listening in an incarnational way and what value listening authentically can bring to the way we relate to those we seek to serve or those we are already serving. So I recently came across uh, a lecture by uh, Candace Hopkins, which was entitled uh, Towards a Practice of Decolonial Listening, Sounding the Margins. She narrated a story uh, about a musicologist who migrated from Europe to Canada, interested in studying indigenous sounds and music. When she explained her research interests to the immigration officers, uh, they appeared dismissive uh, of her research because in the words of Candace, the indigenous sounds lacked harmony and were seen as savage. This story made me think and reflect on how exposure to frequencies and sounds we are accustomed to can cause us to reject those that are unfamiliar, deeming them strange, just like the immigration officer in the story. The negative consequences of this attitude towards the unfamiliar is that we can miss out on the richness and beauty embedded in sounds that we are not accustomed to hearing. Furthermore, um, what we might consider legitimate due to our exposure can cause us to delegitimize or unwittingly ignore the sounds or experiences of the other unless we intentionally become self-aware. It is being intentional about listening in ways which are not intent on what we want to hear, 
but on what the other is trying to communicate from the deep, giving space to what is unnatural, can tune our ears to notice, pick up and appreciate frequencies that we might never have been accustomed to. So, <clears throat> listening, according to the uh, Cambridge Dictionary, is defined as to give attention to someone or something in order to hear them. To be authentic means to be genuine. Therefore, based on these definitions, listening authentically simply means to adopt a posture that is genuinely uh, invested in getting to the heart of what the other is trying to communicate verbally or non-verbally. This requires the listener to put aside their presuppositions, experiences, and privileges in order to hear what the other is trying to communicate. So in Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, he speaks of practical ways in which Christians should live out their faith. He emphasizes the importance of humility using the example of the kenosis of Christ. Kenosis comes from a Greek word, kino, which means to make empty, or as a verb, emptied himself. Kenosis in this presentation is not a physical emptiness, uh, but used uh, as a metaphor and a concept deeply embedded in the expression of love and humility. The Bible uh, conveys kenosis in Philippians 2 verses 7, but I will read uh, from verse 3 uh, to 8 to add a bit of context around it. So Philippians 2 verse 3 to 8 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So in chapter 2, verse 7, Paul introduces us to the kenosis of Christ, which can also be interpreted as an invitation to have the mind of Christ. I will use this theology of kenosis to build my case for authentic listening. In verse six, um, which says, who being in very, uh, very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Paul begins by drawing our attention to the power Jesus embodies, which he'd not, he did not use to his own advantage. For humans, this power can translate to privileges, 
we bring into relationships and conversations uh, with people around us, including those who we serve. In this verse, Paul calls for a level of self-awareness opportunities for introspection in order to ascertain privileges we have, which can create a superiority mindset. Our awareness of this can stop us from going into conversations with a hero mentality, which lacks humility. In chapter two, verse seven, which says, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, describes how God emptied himself of his divinity and power in order to relate, accept, and share in the limitations of human nature. This is at the heart of kenosis. Christ became human in order to transfer our burdens to himself he took on the nature of the slave, and in Greek that's doulos, instead of the Lord to demonstrate humility. Christ's humility is not an inward, pious perception. It is an outward relational humility. God, through incarnation, demonstrated his love and desire to authentically share our humanity by living among us through his suffering. Furthermore, there was a necessity for Jesus Christ to undergo the human experiences such as suffering, temptation, and death at the cross for God to reconcile the whole of creation through Jesus Christ, who had to be fully human and fully divine. This example of God's humility as demonstrated in the incarnation, serves as an example for believers to, to exercise subservience in the service of others. Furthermore, what merits glorification is love that disposes a person to accept suffering and humiliation for the sake of the other. Therefore, kenosis cannot be interpreted interpreted primarily in terms of self-sacrifice, but self-giving. The kenosis of Christ demonstrates a surrendering of power and a conscious self-emptying of one's privileges and authority by virtue of being in a position to serve. This has implications on believers engaged in mission with marginalized communities. In the model of kenosis, servitude means identification with the powerless, the poor, and the outcasts, and serving them in all their needs. The aim is not just to uh, is not just alleviation of needs, but a liberation of the injustices and dis uh, that discriminate some people and favor others. Furthermore, kenosis requires introspection of the legitimacy of our acts of service. Are we serving because of what we can get out of it? For example, accolades or feelings of self-importance or because of our genuine love for our neighbor? 
and a desire to participate in God's mission, which enables whole life transformation. Self-emptying, in this case, kenosis, is a vital component as a missiological approach when encountering communities of all walks of life with the message of the gospel, which brings salvation, hope, and love, which should result in transformation. So I know I've said a lot, <laughs> a lot uh, on, you know, um, on this issue of um, kenosis and self-emptying and the kenosis of Christ. I wondered if I could just pause there and just allow us to, you know, um, just reflect on what I've talked about. And just in summary, I know there's a lot that I've, you know, touched on. I looked at, you know, the concept of kenosis as described in Philippians 2, verse 7. Um, I looked at, you know, uh, the importance of mission um, and listening to those in the margins. I looked at um, kenosis as surrendering of power and privilege uh, as an invitation um, to have the mind of Christ um, and that through incarnation, God through Christ desired to authentically share our humanity and, uh, and the very fact that this whole idea of self-emptying is about self-giving. So I would like us to pause and look at some questions that I, um, I came up with. So how do we feel? I'd like us to think about how we genuinely feel about the idea of self-emptying as it relates to our personal lives and ministry. And what can self-emptying look like in our current context? Okay, had a lovely discussion um, with the group I was with. Um, time just flies when you're having a good time. So, but anyway, I'm just going to uh, share my screen. Um, again. Okay. So carrying on from um, what I previously shared. Right. So humanity practices the self-emptying in various ways. For example, an adult who plays football with their young child will normally divest themselves of their ability to dominate overpower and win the game in order to create a level playing field. Now, I don't know what business I have talking about football because, <laughs> because I know nothing about it. I'm just one of those people that just doesn't really watch sport because, you know, I, I, I empathize a lot. You know, I cannot support anybody because if someone is losing, then I'm supporting them. And I just... Yeah, I cry for a losing team. So I, yeah, it just, I take things personal. So I, I know, so I know nothing about football, but I know it's there. <laughs> so this means stripping themselves of the privilege that comes with being an adult in order to give the child an opportunity to win. This does not mean the adult stops being an adult. 
This just means the adult sets aside what gives them an advantage over the child in order to show that they care and that they value the child despite their limited football experience due to age or uh, gross motor skills, which are still developing. Kenosis as an act of self-emptying does not require one to lose their identity. Christ did not lose his identity through kenosis because at the heart of it was relationship. Instead, the incarnation was to further his desire to reconcile the world back to himself. This also uh, applies to conversations we have with people who do not share uh, our beliefs. One can be open and show respect to the other and still preserve one's own identity. This has implications for interreligious dialogue, as it provides opportunities to engage in conversation with people of other faiths without being dismissive. It also has implications on the various aspects of our lives in community. For example, how we participate in events like funerals and weddings, uh, practicing kenosis in how we relate and listen to others simply provides opportunities to love our neighbor well by sharing in the human experience. Rossock argues that through this basic surrender, the person is empowered by God's grace, enabling a genuine and unconditional love for their neighbor while preserving one's identity. So the kenosis of Christ can be exhibited in various ways as Christians engage in ministry and service. The proclamation and demonstration of the gospel also requires listening authentically to those in our service. This is because the marginalized groups we serve can be sources of wisdom and discernment, and they are equally the hands and feet of Jesus. It is important for churches whose DNA is activist to intentionally uphold the importance of listening authentically to the voices of marginalized people that access our services and ministry, especially at a time when we are reckoning with the impact of COVID-19 and ongoing racial tensions. Our society often makes us hurry conversations into solution mode. And we forget at times that the other person might just need to be acknowledged for what they are feeling. What would the world look like if we took guidance from the marginalized people we are serving? What if we took our cue from them as they endeavor to tell us how to fix what is wrong? What if we dared to use the wisdom and discernment of immigrants, those who are imprisoned or homeless, those with addictions, etc., as our guiding principles? My hunch would be if we seek to authentically listen through kenosis to the voices of um, the marginalized people we serve, those who see the world differently from us, 
we would in turn be transformed into people that are more aware, compassionate, and gracious. This is because they perceive what cannot ordinarily uh, be perceived if one is at the center of the speech fear of influence. Listening to marginal and silenced voices can help us understand the world better and enable us to discern how best to serve, focusing on what is important when making decisions. Those who we serve can challenge us on what truly matters because marginalized groups see the world from a different perspective. If we dare to listen, they can help us see the world through their lenses, thus guiding us on how best to meet their needs. Authentically listening from those that are in the margins requires that we listen more deeply to those that continue to be underrepresented in government, in places of power, systematically blocked from reaching those places of power and influence whose lives have been pushed to the margins. Kenosis helps us to engage with those we serve and enables us to empathize with the plight of, for example, those with immigration issues, those who suffer with addictions or those that are trafficked. There are things about people that go beyond what we see on the surface. Unless we take the time to empty ourselves and be with, patiently pursue trusted relationships, we will miss out on crucial lessons we can learn from those we serve. The model of kenosis is therefore a relational model of being in community and interact, uh, interaction with the other. The Bible demonstrates how Jesus's invitation of those from the margins was more focused on dialogue and listening and being made a part, uh, made, being made part of the larger whole. Kenosis um, represents the willingness, sorry, the willingness to be challenged and changed by the other in order to be with the other. Therefore, being mindful of the culture, the religion, the socio-political framework of the other is crucial in understanding of the other as a person and a prerequisite of sharing life with them. So canotic listening uh, stops us from being hasty about fixing problems. This is because in haste, we can inadvertently make things worse. But this haste or routine can also cause us to misunderstand and ignore the root cause of the problem. In order to solve problems on the public domain, society naturally privileges listening to people in the center whose speech is more refined as opposed to those in the margins whose presentation is unrefined or whose accent is considered common or foreign. This reinforces the way we listen to narratives we trust as opposed to allowing ourselves to be challenged by these prophetic voices outside this trusted narrative. 
The prophetic must be shaped and discerned by the lived experiences of the whole of the people of God, and authority cannot rest alone on hierarchical status. For example, uh, poetry written from a marginalized perspective creates a collage of defining moments, thoughts, feelings, and those add to the visibility of key issues and challenges in contemporary societies. Levy argues, the Western white-centered culture places strong emphasis on logic, analytic thinking, and scientific methods. This means we acknowledge something as valuable and worth our attention and acknowledge, sorry, attention and knowledge when it is observable and measurable. Human experiences like emotion and knowing through gut sense or body sensations are often devalued and disregarded. This is a detriment to those who come from cultures where their way of knowing and navigating the world is based on feeling, intuition, and suspicion. Another aspect which can help us listen authentically is through the practice of decentering ourselves when listening to um, other people's experiences. For example, there is no way of talking about contemporary history as it relates to racial tensions without experiencing some level of discomfort. Drawing from a canonic ethic can help us come to terms with issues that make us uncomfortable and enable us to empathize with the pain and suffering experienced by those affected. Canonic listening helps us acknowledge as opposed to discount the experiences of the other and creates non-judgmental safe spaces for people to share their pain without feeling they have to work hard to be understood. In so doing, we stop people from internalizing their pain by showing that we value and care about their experiences. So part of listening authentically to marginalized groups entails consulting them in order to address specific barriers they face when trying to engage with society or access help. This can be developed further uh, by what we read and listen to. Expanding the literature we read to include writers from marginalized groups can have an impact on how we listen authentically to voices in the margins and enables us to see those we serve from a different light. This also includes our sources of theology as that can also have an impact of how we understand the spirituality of those in the margins. The model of kenosis in line with the mission of God creates a positive impact on being with and authentically listening in order to learn from those whom we serve. The kenosis of Christ is a call to imitate Christ uh, in his mission. It provides a foundation for self-emptying 
that makes room to exercise a shared humanity with those we serve. To practice self-emptying is to allow oneself to cross limitations that might rise due to race. Um, sorry. Race, gender, class, culture, religion, or disability. According to Pereira, the church should endeavor to listen and acknowledge the anguish of the refugee and the rape victim, the homeless and the hungry, the marginalized and the abused. Listening authentically to marginalized voices involves seeing beyond ourselves or the usual voices we are accustomed to hearing. It is a commitment to be a disciple with selfless humility. When we try to fill a communication space as if our status, our words, our ideas, and positions are most important, there is no real substance in that space. But choosing to be empty of all this through mindful humility results in fullness of new life uh, for others. So in conclusion, kenosis then places us in a state of receptivity. We develop an instinctive attitude of listening, trying to understand, letting ourselves be permeated with the atmosphere of our surroundings, passing beyond what is merely heard and seen to reach the personality of the people whom we live or those we may meet. In this way, we learn to know others from within. Kenosis then is the gateway to mutual understanding and beyond this, to an intimate sharing that is the consummation of a relationship in union. By disposition of self, we are able to absorb the amazing riches of others and the persons in themselves. May God help us to listen authentically to those whom we serve. Thank you for listening. So um, just a quick summary of what I covered and what I just talked about. So I talked about um, self-emptying does not require uh, us to lose our identity. In fact, I will stop sharing. Yeah. Um, using kenosis, um, we can communicate in a way that is self-emptying. And through it, we are able to glean from the wisdom and discernment of marginalized groups. Canotic listening stops us from making hasty decisions. And it can help us decenter ourselves in order to listen carefully to others. Also, the literature we read can help us understand and listen authentically to those we serve. And authentic listening through kenosis can help us learn about the people we serve from within um, and can be a gateway to mutual understanding.